guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Universal Furniture, and this week is the last chance to enter their $5,000 living room furniture giveaway. YHL listeners have actually won the last two that they had, so you can't break our streak. Just head over to universalfurniture.com YHL to enter, now through August 13th. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today we've got an exciting update about our furniture line, and I make a passionate plea to keep vlogs alive. Plus, we're talking with blogger Shavonda Gardner about design, diversity, and the realities of downsizing. This promises to be a very exciting week, doesn't it? Yeah, we got some travel coming up. So if you guys are listening to this the day that it comes out, the next day, Tuesday, we are going to be traveling to North Carolina to do the photo shoot for our furniture line. Cue the screaming and the noise I always make when I'm excited on the podcast, which is ooh, ooh. Oh, I thought it was wah, 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 wah. That's my rap battle sound effect. I uh, want all the sound effects. If I had buttons, guys, I'd push them all simultaneously and every sound effect would sound at once. <laughs> I feel like that's a challenge for me in editing. It really is. Insert interesting sound effect here. I feel like we're burying the lead on the sound effects sidebar. Let's get back to the furniture line. You guys have heard us mention this randomly on Instagram and on this podcast here and there. It's been something we've been working on for over a year and a half. And so we are getting so close to it coming out in the world. I think right now the scheduled release date is sometime November-ish. You know, there's a lot of moving parts here with uh, the manufacturer and the retailer and all that stuff. And we're still not quite allowed to say who it's with. Although I think maybe when we're in North Carolina next week, they're going to let us reveal it. So maybe by the time you hear this, we will have broken the news. I know. We're so excited. It's a retailer you all have probably shopped with. We're really thrilled to work with them. The designs are cool. We heard from a lot of you who are saying like, wait, I thought it was just like chairs and dressers. Are there sofas? Yes. It is like an entire furniture line. So there are tables and chairs and buffets and dressers and all the wood things you need. The case goods. Exactly. But there's also upholstered items. So there are headboards and sofas and armchairs and just like ottomans. All the things. We are thrilled. I can't believe it's actually happening. And I was telling John, the cool thing about tomorrow is that we're going to get to see the whole collection all together. And we're going to get to see how the pieces pair together. Because when you design a table, you don't design a table in a vacuum when you're doing a collection. You want to design chairs that go with the table, but aren't super matchy-matchy. So it's really going to be interesting to see how these things kind of mix and match. And we're going to be sharing tons of sneak peeks on Insta stories. So you'll get to see the designs. You'll get to see me running around sweaty, trying to style all the photographs. That's what people will really be tuning in for is all the sweaty Sherry videos. I mean, I give the people what they want. I mean, I actually am also nervous about it as much as I am excited. You know, I like to get nervous about things. Yeah, we're both nervous, I think. Well, you know, it's going to be a busy few days trying to get everything photographed because like Sherry said, there's a lot of pieces and not only are we going to take like the style like vignettes of things, but they also have to get like all the like shopping images done for the website, like every single piece on white from different angles. So there is a lot to get done. You know, photo shoots 
I think from the outside always sound really like glamorous and exciting. I know when I started in advertising, the idea of going to a photo shoot was like, ooh, a photo shoot. (laughs) Cut to 10 hours later, you haven't eaten, you're so sweaty. Someone has given you a task that is not in your job description at all. (laughs) Maybe in like the old like Mad Men days, it was very luxurious, but I feel like most of the photo shoots I've been on, it's like you have overbooked yourself with how much you want to get done in the time frame you have, so everyone is scrambling all the time. Oh, absolutely. A celebrity whose name rhymes with hormones. (laughs) That's kind of funny that. Her name rhymes with Harma, <laughs> who used to be on The View, used me as like her coffee wench during a photo shoot when I was in fact the copywriter and was supposed to be doing a different job. So you never know what's going to happen. There will be no celebrities at this photo shoot, nope. although I did think it would be funny to get Chad to model the furniture. We did uh, not, in fact, have money to book Chad. <laughs> no, we've not planned that far ahead. But anyways, long story short... Please tune in to Instagram stories this week if you want to get all the updates. If you are not on Instagram, we will put some sneak peeks that we've already had a chance to share in the show notes this week. So you can check those out as well at younghouselove.com slash podcast. And obviously, once all the photos are done and the news is ready to be fully released, we'll write a big blog post about it. So don't worry about missing the information when the time comes. Oh, it's going to be in our newsletter on the blog. It's going to be everywhere for a second because when this launches, it's like birthing a baby. Like we are so excited for it to be out in the world. And John actually mentioned that we've been working on this for a year and a half, but this has been something we have been dreaming about and sort of striving for for over five years. We've been just thinking about all these ideas and things we want to make. So it is a really big week for us to get to go and see these pieces that came from our brains that are actually going to be really available for you guys to buy. It's just like really trippy and exciting. So thank you for sharing in our enthusiasm and we can't wait to show you guys more. And in other exciting news, I read a fascinating article. Okay. (laughs) Was that a good transition? I mean, I need more information. Like, what was this article about? The article said there's a new study showing a majority of millennials regret buying a home. And you know, we like to pick on millennials on this podcast, even though we are millennials. We are millennials. So we're like picking on ourselves, basically. That's why we're allowed to. We're grandma and grandpa millennials. (laughs) Anyways, this survey was done recently by the Bank of the West. And they found that 68% of millennials have felt buyer's remorse on their home purchase. I need more to understand this. Do they wish they still rented? Do they wish they bought something smaller or in a different location? It's a lot of factors, apparently. And I I thought this was interesting because obviously home ownership has been something that has been one of the best decisions we have made. And we did buy a home relatively young. We were 25 when we bought our first home. So the reason why they thought it was interesting was one, that more millennials are buying homes. And they also found in the survey that now home ownership has risen to be the number one factor that millennials feel will help them achieve their American. American dream. Okay, so they put it very important on the list yes. and they're doing it earlier, it yes. sounds like. It has risen above things like paying off their debt or being able to retire comfortably. Like oh, now I can see why they regret it then. They're buying a house and then they're overextending themselves. Exactly. They said that one in three millennials dipped into retirement accounts or other sorts of investments accounts, things that would plan for the future in order to make their down payments. But are we being insensitive? Like, does everyone just have student loan debt now? And so they would never be homeowners if they waited to pay it off? Like, I need to acknowledge that that it's very nice to pay that off first and buy a house, but I know that not everyone can. Yeah, it may not be practical, but at least what the financial advisors were saying in these articles about the survey is that they generally do not recommend that. Like, don't dip into other long-term savings, especially retirement, in order to make a down payment on a house. I think they're saying the recommendation is like, if you cannot afford that down payment, you need to either purchase a smaller home or a cheaper home, 
or you need to wait until you can make that payment without dipping into other savings because you're basically like rewarding yourself with a short-term goal, but you might be setting yourself up for failure long-term by not paying off other debts or saving more for retirement. The other thing they said that's leading to regret is that 50% have regretted the home itself. Sometimes because they have found more damage or issues going into it, like maybe they did not catch something in inspection or something like that. And this also goes to another point they made that they said millennials weren't necessarily prepared for the additional costs of homeownership, you know, doing repairs or maintenance, even things like mowing the lawn, things that you don't necessarily have to deal with when you're a renter, caught them off guard. And so that led to them being surprised once again about the financial burden of homeownership. They're like, is there not an app for this? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) First of all, I'm the first person who wants an app for everything. I want an app that puts my pants on. Nobody has created it yet. Well, I think it just goes back to what you were saying is that we bought our first house under our means, which also allowed us to have more money for repairs and improvements. But on the flip side, if you're someone who's stretching to get the most expensive house you could possibly get to, that may, again, make you dip into some other savings and also may leave you without much cash to do improvements or fix damages you found. So it might leave you with that really sour taste in your mouth about buying a home. And you might think, I should have just kept renting and make my landlord deal with it or whatever. That's sad, though, because I want everyone to love owning. Like, we talk so much about how it was such a good decision for us. And I just, I'm sad that people regret it. Yeah. Well, I will put a link to this article. There's actually a few articles articles that talk about it in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast if you want to check it out. Again, it was all based on a Bank of the West survey that was recently released. Well, and I know something that makes me feel less sad about this whole thing because we're going to call up Shavonda Gardner. She's one of my favorite people. She's a designer. She's an amazing voice on Instagram. And actually, one of the things we want to talk to her about is downsizing and how it has added so much more to her life. So maybe if you're anyone, whether you're a millennial or not, who's regretting your house choice and thinking about getting something smaller or more affordable and you think that's going to suck, Shavonda is going to swoop in and make you feel better about it. So let's give her a call. Hello? Hi, Shavonda. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? You sound good. I was very diligent to find the quietest corner in my house, so I may or may not be in my son's closet. (laughs) I hate to point out, but you're not the first person to call from a closet. (laughs) It's a popular recording spot. And I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like we've been friends forever on Instagram and DMs and like, I just feel like I know you like I know my real friends, but then I'm like, we've never actually met. So now it's like a phone date for me. Like I get to chat with you. I know. I'm so excited. Like, you know, you've been my friend in my head for years. So now it's awesome to actually be chatting with you in real life. I know. And I feel like there are so many good things going on for you. Like it's a perfect time to have you on because you just got this cool new column with Design Sponge. And I just feel like there are so many things I want to pick your brain about. So pardon me if we're all over the place. (laughs) Well, and I feel like since I've been a little bit late to the Shavonda party, I apologize. (laughs) Sherry's talked about you for a long time, but... Whenever I'm laughing on the couch, he's like, is it Shavonda? <laughs> yup, it's Shavonda. So I feel like for folks like me and for, you know, anyone else who's listening who has not been introduced to you yet, maybe you could start off by giving like a little background bio, like who you are, where you live, you know, your family, all that stuff. So we can all like be up to date on Shavonda. So hello, everyone. My name is Shavonda and I am a designer blogger. Um, I live in California, in Sacramento, California. Um, I am a California transplant. I actually was raised in the South. Um, My parents were military. And then I myself joined the military. I was in the Air Force for six years. And so I moved around and ended up out here in California against my will. 
But once I got here, I, I decided I'm never leaving um, because I just love it so much. And so I'm married. Uh, my wife's name is Naomi. We have two kids. We have a Great Dane. So we have a full house. There, there are a lot of people in a very small area. Yeah. And talk to me more about your decision to downsize because I was reading you had sort of a builder grade four bedroom house. It was like maybe 2,400 square feet. And you just all decided we want 1,200 square feet. And you got this 1940s bungalow. How did everyone feel about that? How did the Great Dane feel? Yeah. <laughs> So our first house was kind of your standard California tract house. It was our foot in the door in the real estate game out here, which can be very difficult to get into. So we kind of knew going in that that was not going to be a house that we were in for a long period of time. But it wasn't until we started living there that we realized that downsizing was going to be the way to go. Um, I've always had an affinity for small houses. And I think one day I looked up and realized that there was a whole half of our house that had no furniture that we literally never went in. So I was like, what are we doing? So we just kind of self-evaluated um, and decided very quickly that we wanted to down, or at least I decided I wanted to downsize and convince Naomi that that's what we should do. And so we did. And I will say it was not welcome for everyone. My daughter took it the hardest. It was very hard on her. The downsize was for her. She kind of equated it with, oh, my God, mom, like we're poor. What's going on? Just all the things that maybe a child would think about. And so it was very hard for her to kind of realize that just because we were downsizing didn't mean that we were losing out on anything. She's much happier now. You know, she has great friends. She's in high school. But um, it was not very easy for her in the beginning. That's so interesting that you say that because, you know, Sherry and I have been having this conversation lately about how we feel like our house is bigger than we need. And unfortunately, we're in a position where like we pick this to be kind of like our forever house and our forever neighborhood. So like we don't really know what to do about it besides acknowledge the fact. Yeah, it felt good to say it out loud. But like we love our neighbors. We love her school. We love the bus stop. Like everything about it, I would hate to leave it. But it was more like if we said it out loud, maybe other people listening who are house hunting wouldn't pick the big house and we could like save them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting that your daughter, even at 11, has the same sort of I think conceptions that a lot of us have that like more is better when you have the bigger house, it means you're doing better or, you know, you're more successful or whatever. And so I feel like as a you know country as a whole, we're starting to redefine that. But still, like I, my brain is having trouble catching up to. Right. It was even tough. I mean, just for me, like as a designer, we're just kind of drawn to vast interiors and things like that. But when it came down to it, I think having me home full time at the time really put it in check for me because I realized what spaces we were using, how we were using it as a family, you know, little things like the fact that the kids would get home from school and everyone would disperse and we wouldn't see each other or talk to each other until dinner. I was like, okay, wait a minute. I don't really know that I like that so much. And the funny thing I think for anyone listening is they're going to hear this and think you must live like very sparsely, like a minimalist and you're in this 1200 square foot house oh, with no. two kids and a dog. We'll put a link in the show notes to Shivana's Instagram and her blog, but she considers herself the opposite of a minimalist and she layers so much color and pattern and like texture. And so I wonder if you could talk to people a little bit about that, if they might have a small space, but like lots of things, how to make it feel interesting, but not cluttered. I think for me, it's really just at the heart of it, I believe in surrounding yourself with the things that you love. I don't care if you have 50,000 square feet or 500 square feet, fill it with the things that you love. And that's just the easiest and best way to create spaces that you'll always want to be in. 
And a lot of people shy away from using either deep or vibrant or saturated moodier colors in small spaces because they think that in order to quote unquote make the space feel larger, you need to go lighter. And I oftentimes find that to be the exact opposite. When you go darker, it creates more space visually, especially if you take that space all the way or the color all the way up into the ceilings as well. Then you just it's just like limitless, essentially. Have you learned any new tricks from having moved to a smaller space? Any new design tricks? Yes. Number one is now I almost always paint my baseboard the same color as my wall, um, no matter what that color is. Before I would always go white, you know, like you want to have white base, you want to have white crown. And now I very rarely do that. I always use the same color because in that way, your eye doesn't stop on that detail. It just continues to go. Um, And it almost is like something that just kind of disappears into the background. I also am a lot more cognizant of using my walls more. So like I do a lot more like shelving and I like to have things up off the floor now much more that I live in a smaller space. Yeah, I feel like I've seen you in the closet and you have like systems in there. Are they wardrobes from Ikea? Yes. We try our hardest to make sure that everything has a place. And then when everything has a place, it feels like, okay, it feels much more manageable. So we do have a closet system. We have the IKEA PAX closet system. But even if you don't have like a custom closet, there's all types of like specialized hangers that allow you to hang like six or seven pairs of pants on one hanger. Also drawer dividers. You know, you can you can get a lot of things in a drawer if you create specific places for everything instead of cramming it all in. One thing that I do want to say about downsizing is that like downsizing is not for everybody. Just because it works for me and my family does not mean it's going to work for you and your family. It's, it's a tough transition. Is there anything you think people should ask themselves or you know evaluate or be self-aware of uh, before they make a decision like that, you know, where they might see that red flag that's like, oh, no, this is not what I should do. I think the first thing you have to ask yourself is why are you doing it? Are you doing it because it's like trendy or because you think it's the next big thing? And then understand that it is going to be hard, especially if you're transitioning with a family. We have two women, a teenage daughter and an adolescent boy that share one bathroom. (laughs) So you have to be aware and know who you are as a person and be like, okay, can I really handle this? Like if everybody in the family gets some weird like food poison and we have one toilet and one sink to share, are we going to be able to handle this? Yeah, you're giving me some second thoughts about it now. I'm like (laughs) starting to appreciate our hall bathroom. I'm not trying to scare anyone to death, like by no means, but. Our audience does have a lot of questions about smells and bathrooms and food poisoning. They were very concerned when we interviewed a couple who lives in a tiny home. All the questions had to do with bathrooms and smells. Well, and actually that reminds me of a question I had for you because when we were talking about our house being too big, we got some feedback that people were saying like, no, just wait till you have teenagers because Mm -hmm. you will love having extra space when all their friends are over and all that. And at the same time, we also got people saying like, no, when they're teenagers, you need less space because they just retreat to their rooms and you never see them. So yeah, I was curious in your experience, since you have a teenager in the house, like... Okay, most of the time, we don't even know Brianna is here until she opens the door and she pops out. We're like, oh, like, when did you get home? She's like, I don't know, like five hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, she takes up so little space. Our 10-year-old takes up way more space because, you know, he wants to be out with everyone. He likes to spread out. You know, he's still at the phase where like toys are kind of a thing and he spreads out everywhere. But I would definitely say living in a small space that our teenager is the least of our problems. 
our house is only two bedrooms, one bath. And so our son has the second bedroom and Brianna has the master bedroom. And Naomi and I have taken up space in like what used to be a den. And we just kind of carved out a space for us there. It's so interesting. And so we are at that stage where we have sleepovers and like, you know, she has friends over. But again, it just comes to understanding our limits. Like there's no way we can get 10 teenage girls in our house. It's just not going to happen. So I think that just kind of having those boundaries aware for everybody really helps as well. Yeah, it doesn't make things impossible. You just have to do it in an adjusted way. Yes. Well, let's switch gears and talk a little bit about the work you're going to be doing with Design Sponge because Sherry and I are so fascinated by this. I understand it's a new column that you and Grace have come up with. And I wanted just to hear you describe sort of what it is and why you guys wanted to do it. Right. So I am incredibly excited and very, very honored to be able to have the opportunity to write for Design Sponge. This was something that literally came out of left field for me. I will be at the helm of a new column that is specifically about the celebration of diversity and culture in the home. I love houses and interiors and all of that, but I think home looks so different for everybody. And I love to get at the meat and potatoes behind like how people live differently. So not only will I be able to share stories of like how people are sharing their culture in their homes and through their design and through their decor, but also sharing some of those untold stories, right? So like if you have an aging parent, the way that you live in your house is going to be very different from somebody who doesn't have to worry about an elder that they're having to care for. You know, maybe you have a child with special needs or you have a special needs family member, the way that you're decorating and designing your house is going to be very different. You know, just like all of those kind of unique stories and the ones that we don't really hear from very much are the ones that I get to tell. And I'm very excited about it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I know it's so fascinating to look at because I feel like in the design world, and if you scroll through your Instagram feed or whatever, you know, you've curated that set of people. And it's easy for that to become somewhat homogenous, just sort of a reflection of your own experience, because a lot of people are naturally attracted to, you know, design styles that look like theirs, you know, families that look like theirs, and things that sort of just continually validate their own experience. Mm-hmm. And Sherry and I have to remind ourselves sometimes how helpful it is to make sure you've got sort of diverse voices and perspectives in there, because even if it challenges your design style, like if you are following people that have a completely different aesthetic than you, you might see something that you want to incorporate at some point, or you just might see something that's beautiful and you can acknowledge like that doesn't have a place in my home, but I can acknowledge that it's a nice, beautiful decision. Right. And I think that just people are becoming more and more aware of the world outside of their little bubble. And what I mean by their little bubble is just like, you know, our immediate friends, our immediate family. And so I think that this is just one more way for me, even on like a very small scale to be able to contribute to that and to be able to just say, let's take a moment to just kind of learn a little bit of something from somebody else. Because like you said, it really just makes us better people, I think, to kind of look outside of of ourselves and just kind of see what somebody else is doing and realize, like you said, John, that maybe that's not for me. Like maybe I don't want to go and paint my walls black but they look amazing in your house. And I can totally see why you did it. Right. You learn something from seeing those things. And, you know, maybe it does push you to step outside your your bubble or your comfort zone design wise. And maybe it just reaffirms the bubble that you're in with your design style. <laughs> right, but either, right. either of those things are helpful. Absolutely. And I think too, it just gives voice to people who I feel like whose voices aren't heard, you know, 
And I think that more than anything, it just kind of helps people to become just more compassionate. Are you saying that the internet needs more compassion? I think <laughs> I am saying that. I am going on the YHL has a podcast record. That is a controversial statement, Shavana. <laughs> I think the internet is widely known as one of the most compassionate places in the world. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, for people who want to add more diverse voices and perspectives to their feeds, you know, apart from reading the column you're writing, what do you suggest they do to sort of break out of their bubble? Do you have any tips? Oh, this is a good question. So I partnered with Domino earlier this year, like right after the new year. You won an award, didn't you? Uh, Yes, I did last year, the Domino Design Blog Award, the Modern Maverick Editor's Choice Award. And that was really exciting. I got to go to New York for that. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And so I went on this whole tangent at the beginning of the year about representation and the lack of diversity and Domino got wind of that. And they wrote a column about that very subject, about diversifying your feed. And in it, we kind of listed just a ton of really creative people of color that, you know, if you don't know where you can start, start there. And I can shoot you the link to that column if you want to leave it in the notes. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. So anyone who wants to go check all of those out, that's a great place to start. That'll be in our show notes. The reason why I think that's important is because once you start to seek those out, at least on Instagram, then like your home feed changes. So you'll start to see more of that show up in your, you know, as you're searching for new things. I love that. I have one other thing I wanted to talk to you about because I think it's so funny. Sherry has been storing up topics since. I, you know, I talk to you all the time and I'm like, what do I want to talk to her about on the podcast? But I I think it's so funny that you have a quirky social media DM rule. Oh, yeah. What shouldn't people do if they're going to DM you? Thank you for asking me this. (laughs) I'm giving you a platform. (laughs) (laughs) This is just my own personal house rule, but I think that it's a good rule to have in general. Please say hi. Hi. Hello. Hey there. Hi, Shavonda. Good morning. Good afternoon. Something like please start with a greeting. If you slide into my DMs and you hit me with the 21 questions, where's that from? What's this about? How do you do this? How do you do that? I'm like, skirt. I will literally type, first of all, hello, how are you? Then I'll answer your question. You would never walk up to a random stranger and just start shooting off a bunch of questions at them without greeting them. So that's kind of how I quote unquote run things, you know, in my little world of Instagram is I just believe that a little bit of kindness courtesy goes a long way. I don't think it's too much to ask that people say hello. I don't think it's too much to ask <laughs> I noticed when you introduced yourself at the start of this interview that you say, hi, everyone, I'm Shavonda. I was like, she's following her own rule, even on the Yay! podcast. <laughs> I literally start out every single morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy whatever day of the week it is every day without fail. So it's like, if I can find a way to remember to do that to like thousands of people, certainly you can remember to say, hey, Shavonda, I really like that plant. Can you tell me the name of it? You know, I'm much more likely to answer you than to you just pop up and say, what's the name of that plant? I'll be like, "Uh, first of all, hello. Guys, if you get a first of all, hello from Shavonda, you need to say hi back. (laughs) So true. Well, it's been so good talking to you, Shavonda. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. We'll make sure that in the show notes, all of your contact and stuff so people can follow you. So people can say hi is in there. Right. Say hello first, guys. Say hi first. And we will talk to you later, okay? Sounds good. Thanks. 
So like I said in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast, we'll put a link to Shavonda's blog, her Instagram, that article in Domino, and also her new column in Design Sponge. So you can check out all things Shavonda. And also we'll put some pictures of her design because it's amazing. You have to go to the show notes and see this wallpaper she just added to her laundry room. It's insane. It made the internet explode. Like she shared it and everyone went crazy and everyone started resharing it. And it was all over Instagram. Well, you know what's also going to make the internet explode is the thing I'm digging this week. Really? That's, yeah. That's a big statement. It's actually an app, Miss Millennial over here. Oh. But first, we got to take a quick break. Okay, I want you guys to look around right now and see if there's any furniture in your living room that could stand to be replaced. I realize this exercise only works if you were standing in your living room, but just bear with me. Or close your eyes and imagine you're standing there in your you living go. room. There you go. That works. Because right now is Universal Furniture's living room event. They're our sponsor this week, and we've told you already that they are doing a giveaway, a $5,000 living room furniture giveaway. And listen, they had two of these before, and both winners were YHL listeners. So don't think, hey, I'm not going to win. There's so many people entering. Someone listening wins every Every time, guys. Yeah. And even if you don't win, as part of their event this week, you can get up to 15% off their living room furniture. So you can check it out and enter the giveaway at universalfurniture.com slash YHL now through August 13th. This is the last week. And if you're also thinking like, well, will they have stuff for my living room? The great thing about Universal is like, unlike the catalogs you might get from other retailers, they have a huge range of styles. So if you need something that's really traditional or something that's modern or rustic, or even some like feminine curvy coffee table, they've got all that stuff. And it's made for durability. Kids, dogs, spills, wine, spaghetti fights. It's all built into the fabric, which is super durable. So again, look around your living room or imagine your living room and what you need. Then go enter the giveaway at universalfurniture.com slash YHL now through August 13th. What I'm digging this week is actually in an app that I've had on my phone for a long time. You guys may be familiar with a little store called Amazon. I mean, I've heard of it. I discovered a new part of their app, and you have to know about it. Okay, so if you guys have the Amazon app on your phone, maybe you are already aware of this, but my friend Christina just looped me into it, and it is so cool. So if you're in the Amazon app, and you know, there's like the search bar at the top. Yes. Well, next to the search bar, there's a little camera icon. Uh Uh-huh. And so when you touch that, there's actually several ways you can use the camera search within the Amazon app. I didn't realize this. I knew you could like search barcodes and sometimes even like try to take pictures of products to help them find it. But they have this cool thing for DIYers called Part Finder. There's actually like a little screw icon that you'll see on it. If you touch that, it will help you identify the exact size and type of like screw or nail or nut or washer or something. Like if you're doing a project or maybe building a piece of furniture and you are short one piece or you need an exact type of nail, but you don't know exactly what it is, this Amazon app actually helps you find it. You know what this reminds me of? You know that app where you can hold the phone up to a a leaf and it can identify the plant and you're like, how does it do that? I didn't know that was an app. Yes, it's so crazy. So if you have something growing, you can basically like hold your phone up and show the app, the hydrangea, and it will be like, it's a limelight hydrangea, and it knows what it is. This is that, but for screws and nails, does it work for all parts? Like, could you hold up an Ikea part? Uh, I think so. I haven't really put it to the test that much. Here's what it does. You're supposed to put the piece, like let's say a screw, on a white surface. I did it on a gray countertop. It worked just fine. And then you put a penny next to it. They use the penny for for scale, scale, obviously. And then you use the camera in the Amazon app and it will sort of scan. And once it sort of recognized it, it'll pop up shopping options for you. 
I will say I was unimpressed with the shopping options because like I scanned as a test like a little nail we had and it gave me like a whole box of nails as the number one search result. But if you look at the search parameters it returns, it will tell you the exact length and type of nail or screw it is. So you can like deduct from that what you need to buy. And then you can go buy it wherever. You don't have to buy it at Amazon because I'm not really in the business of buying like a single screw off of Amazon. Right. So what you're saying is it correctly identifies things. It just might try to sell you 100 when you only need like three. Yeah, the actual shopping part of it kind of fell short. But if you're looking just to identify something like the size of a screw or the length of a screw, I mean, I guess you could get a measuring tape out to figure out the length. But you know, there's like number four, number six screw and those aren't always as easy to identify. Like I find myself going down the hardware aisle sometimes and just like holding them up, trying to match it. And that is an imprecise process and it takes a while so now you can do it from your phone yeah that's pretty good if it's accurate so far i mean i only tested like five or six things because i haven't actually needed it and i also discovered in looking at that option there's some other things within the camera search like there is a ar view an augmented reality view where like certain products including a lot of furniture you can sort of see in 3d in your space Oh, like you can point the camera at your room, look at your room, have no coffee table, but visualize a coffee table because it puts the coffee table on the screen? Yeah. Is it like to scale and good or is it? I don't know. It tried to put like a giant ottoman on the desk in front of me and like all I could (laughs) see was the leg. So it was more fun than practical, but I'm sure it's going to get better over time. They also have something called package x-ray, where if you get an Amazon box, you can like scan the barcode and it'll tell you what's inside, Hmm. which I was like, that seems interesting, but wouldn't you just open the box? Or wouldn't you just go to your orders and say, receive today your waffle iron? I think they just thought, ooh, package x-ray. Like, that sounds fun. What is a waffle iron? What is a waffle iron? Is it like to make waffles? Yes. Okay. Is it called an iron? I think it's called a waffle maker. No, waffle iron is correct. Okay. Okay. Anyways, back on track. I will put a link (laughs) to this Amazon app and maybe some screen grabs so you can see what I'm talking about in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. The app is obviously free. And we'll link to a waffle iron just to make sure they exist. Maybe an augmented reality waffle iron in our house. Yes. So you can picture it on our counter. While you talk about your word digging, I'm going to see if they have waffle irons in the AR. Okay. Well, what I'm digging is blogs because you know what I realized? There are blogs I love and I read them often, but I don't go every day. And in talking to other bloggers and just like generally people I follow on Instagram and in other places, we all were kind of saying, isn't it weird how like we all use Instagram and these other ways to keep up with each other, but we're going to blogs less and less. And then we get to that sad part of the conversation where we're like, are blogs going to die? So my appeal is just if you have blogs you love and you reference and you want them to stay free and on the internet so you could maybe see a tutorial or read about something later that you're going to build like in a year or, you know, if you pinned a recipe and you want want that recipe to be there later. It is helpful to visit blogs to keep them going. So like what I've been doing lately is I've been trying to make it a part of my routine. Like every Monday when I start the week, I'm trying to keep up with email more and I'm trying to go to like my 10 favorite blogs. And what that does is it gives them clicks, it helps keep their blog alive, and it helps encourage people to keep blogging because I know sometimes I feel like, oh, if no one's going to read it, why would I even take the time to write it and upload the pictures? I should just quit my blog. (laughs) I just think it really helps when it feels like people are seeing things. So this is my humble plea to support any and all blogs you love just by visiting them. And I actually got some questions saying, wait, if I follow you on Feedly or some other blog reader, does that support the blog? And I just wanted to explain how that works. So I'm not against things like Feedly or Blog Love and I use them myself, but that doesn't actually give the blog author a click at all. So what you can do to actually support blogs, even if you like to use a feed reader, is to click 
click through from the post to read on the original blog. So I like Feedly because it keeps my 10 or 15 top favorite blogs right there. I know when they've updated. But then what I always do is I click through to read the post on the actual blog. And that gives the blog the click. It helps keep the blog going. It helps the author know that when they look at the stats of how many people read a post that they don't see zero. (laughs) You know, it helps with morale of writing because it's frustrating to put something together and take all that time and feel like nobody sees it yet you can throw an Instagram picture up with a caption that took you two minutes and everybody just wants the quick 10 second social update and they might not necessarily be digging deeper like into the tutorials and the big beefy posts but if you want those to keep happening it's really nice to just give a little clicky click it's a little double tap not a double tap that's social media a swipe right (laughs) is it a swipe up no I'm making a tinder joke oh Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or family member about it. Maybe they'd like our chat with Shavonda. Maybe they're a millennial who regrets their home purchase. Or maybe they just enjoyed the $15 worth of weird sound effects I bought for the start of the episode. I love that you spent $15 on like a firework sounding clown horn. whatever it takes. And please keep telling us what you do while you listen. Like Fool Up on Instagram, who said she always listens while she's cooking, and now the sound of our voices automatically make her hungry. We pavloved her. Go us. And don't forget to check out younghouselove.com slash podcast for all the bonus photos, links, and info from this episode. Like that cool part search feature on the Amazon app and photos of Shavonda's designs. And sneak peeks of our furniture line. I'm beyond excited to show you guys more. That's my own sound effect. And, you know, we like to pick on millennials on this podcast. We are millennials, though. (laughs) We are grandma millennials. Grandma and grandma. And grandpa. What? (laughs) You said grandma and grandma. Oh, said grandma and grandpa and you said and grandpa oh, I said grandpa <laughs> 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 ladies and gentlemen we have our outtake <laughs>